What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Thank you. The ushers can go ahead. And while they do that, let me jump into, into the word already because um, time is catching up. And I want to I lay foundation in terms of going somewhere next week as well. Because we have Pentecost. And who wants more of the Holy Spirit? Come on, who wants more of God? Amen. I want to tell you that God is nothing to be afraid of. And sometimes we don't understand God because we have this little thing that gets in the mind. We have this mind thing that, that gets in front of what God wants to do. And we don't always understand or comprehend Him. Is that true? Okay, yeah, you can, you were just excited, who wants the Holy Spirit? Yeah! I say, get this thing out of the way, it's like quiet. Come on. Because sometimes our minds is one of the things that prevents us to see the fullness, to see what God wants to do. And that's why God continues to say, renew your mind. And I want to tell you good news this morning, the word says that I've got the mind of Christ. Amen? You've got the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. This week we had Ascension, Himmelfart, where we celebrate Luke 24, 48. It says, uh, you are witnesses. He spoke to his disciples. He confirmed many things. He says, I had to die. I had to tell you all these things before I died. And I rose again, all these things. And now he says, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city. Another one says, stay in Jerusalem. Until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen. And he led them as far out as Bethany. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them as he was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And where they continually in the temple were blessing God. Amen. So Jesus goes up into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us a high priest, and all these things. But we find in the book of Acts many interesting things happening. Now, this is the, the, the historical record of the first church, the early church. And the church is growing, they're booming, they're preaching everywhere, and people are getting, getting saved. Numbers are just being added to the church. And then, after a long time, that's from Acts 1 and Acts 2, and now in Acts 19, so time has progressed. A long time has gone, we find something interesting. Paul comes into one of the cities. It says, it's after his conversion from Saul to Paul. Acts 19 verse 1, it says, It was while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul passed through the inland districts and came to Ephesus. And he found a few disciples there. And he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, What? No, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Sure. They have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And they said what a lot of people say today, actually. No, I haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Maybe you've sp spoken to people and, and they're not aware of that. I mean, my, my mom and dad, we said we send them to Thailand. They're missionaries there. And yeah, it's quite easy to speak to someone and say, hey, do you know Jesus? They've got some concept. When they're in Thailand, when we speak to them, people, has, they don't even have a concept of Jesus. Who, there's no framework of reference or anything. And, and here they say, no, we, even, we didn't even know that there's a Holy Spirit. 
And the reason why we're going to look at it today for Pentecost and, and our way that we're going to move is because he's so absolutely crucial to our lives. He, we cannot live without him. Come on. And there's a lot of people going to heaven. There's a lot of people serving God. They love God. But when they, when they get to this, the Holy, Spirit and, or the Holy Spirit, they've never experienced the Holy Spirit. And I think some of the reasons why, you know, why we, we, the Holy Spirit has been given a bad representation, isn't it? Holy Spirit has been given a, a bad representation and, and what we show or reveal of Him and we have bad experiences. And people are afraid of this because it's been spooky or it's been weird or, or shaky and all these things, isn't it? And I think a lot of people's theologies came not out of the Bible, but it came out of what they experienced. And now they're building a theology and, and they see it on TV or somewhere else, I don't know. And it's difficult, the Holy Spirit, because we can have some concept around a father, isn't it? Because you have a father. And, and we can have some concept around Jesus because there's a lot of movies around Jesus, the Jesus film that we use, all these things. And, and you know, he, he was a son and you're a son or a daughter. So there's some work of reframe of reference that you can relate to. But we don't know much about the Holy Spirit, is it? Oh, you're awful quiet. Okay. All right. I'll just pretend that I'm exercising and just practicing my sermon. <laughs> so today, when the crowd is here, I want to redefine some terminology that they understand. So don't be freaked out and don't be spooked about what we're going to talk today. But I want to actually, after today, encourage you to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen, chairs? Yeah. Wow, praise God. Good, well done. So I want to speak today to, to, to give us a dip, different mindset and different concept about the Holy Spirit and who He is, that, that you can pursue something that's life-giving. And, and I want to talk about one particular word that, that sometimes we're afraid of, and that is charismatic, or as we say, the charismaniacs, isn't it? Charismatic or charisma. We don't always understand. We relate or we say, you know, those guys are charismatic. But, but what does it mean? All right. What is it actually saying that if we say, oh, you, you're charismatic? Because if I say to you today, you are a charismatic, are you going to say yes or are you going to say, oh, no, thank you? Because you associate something with that, isn't it? And a lot of what we know is associated with the Holy Spirit when we speak about charismatic. And, and what is charismatic actually? Now, now, let me say this. Who of you love receiving gifts? All right. You love language. You love gifts. Yes. Only a couple of honest people. Mother's Day has passed, all right? <laughs> Father's Day is coming. <laughs> Who loves gifts? Not someone doing a lot of stuff with passion and enthusiasm, all right? It's not someone, amen and hallelujah, every second phrase. That's not a charismatic. That's not what, 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 what it means. The Greek simply means two words. It says a spiritual gift or a talent. Spiritual gift or talent. That's what charisma means, or charismatic. So we're going to look at that in a while. So, so that's where we want to get to. Spiritual gift or talent. I want to speak about the third gift that he gives. Spiritual gifts. Who of you want spiritual gifts? Actually, let me ask you differently. Not who of you want. Who of you has come to the realization that God has given you spiritual gifts? And that's all of us. Not just some. God has given gifts to all of us. And today, hopefully, you're going to get to the realization or 
wakens something in you that's asleep. Spoke last week on being asleep. To wake up to what God has placed inside of you. So one of, one of the translations for charisma or spiritual gift is divine enablement. God enables us. Come on. Who of you sometimes do, especially the women, you do a lot of stuff and you just wish you had an extra arm to just do this or, you know, just to make it happen, isn't it? Come on. Sometimes it's at that place where you just have, I love to have superpowers. Just to do certain things extra. And this is what God says, the gifts that is given you is a divine enablement to make you able. But unfortunately, a lot of people are still confused today regarding this gift. It happened years back, so you're not alone. It happened way back then as well. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, but a lot of people still are. A lot of people are still ignorant, not understanding gifts. Why? Because there's a lot of confusion. And I think some of the, the incorrect doctrines and things, uh, you know, that, that there is, is some people just have a lot of incorrect doctrines. Some people say that, but the gifts died when the last apostle died. Miracles died, the spiritual gifts died, healing died, all these things. So it was for way back then. God says, no, 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 no. Every single gift is still relevant for today. And maybe you're okay with that. Maybe you're not turned off by this truth that there's gifts for you, are you? Come on. You're not turned off by the idea that there's gifts for you. But this is what turns you off, isn't it? Sometimes the packaging that's been associated with the gift, isn't it? You're not turned off by the idea that God has got something for you and there's a gift. But we get turned off by the packaging, the way it comes or the way it's been presented or the way that we've seen and we associate it. It's like, ah, oh, I don't like it. You know, I had a, I, I've seen many things in my life and I grew up in a movement where there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and people will fall and they will, they will just laugh. I don't know if you, some of you, you know, if you remember that years back. And, and God did something amazing and that caused me to be very sensitive, uh, curious as well, but in a way skeptic as well. All right? And that makes me skeptic of certain moves or manifestations. And there's a, there's a fine line between having discernment to what God wants to, to give you, to have discernment, or I want to search out what's real. My name, Villa Martinez, means one of it is seeker of the truth. Seeker of the truth, noble spirit. So I'm always testing, oh, I want to see, is this really true? Is this God? Is this authentic? So in searching, what, what I actually did was that I became too skeptic and my capacity to have childlike faith and receive something from God kept me from receiving the fullness. It kept me away from taking actually what was real and true because maybe of the packaging, maybe the way that it's been associated with. And sometimes we same, isn't it? I'm sure you can relate it, that maybe you've seen things and you desire more. You want to see the power of God. But there's things that you're just weary about or skeptic about. And, and now instead of just taking hold of that, you'd rather just throw everything away. As we say, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, the bathtub. Isn't it? And now we just chuck everything. Because we were turned off by some of the packaging, isn't it? And that is sad because God says that he wants us to live in the fullness. Now, the Holy Spirit is also compared to wind. We've done that before. We, I, I spoke on that. One of the character, characteristics is wind. And one of the 
things about wind is unpredictable, isn't it? You don't know when the wind's going to blow or where it comes from. There's a scripture for that or where it goes, isn't it? So wind is unpredictable. But the problem with unpredictable is we like predictable. We don't want unpredictable. We want to be prepared, isn't it? So we like God real orderly and tucked in a structure, tucked in a box. We like Him in that structure. And, and if you like God really in an orderly way, man, how many of you realize this, that God can mess you up big time? If you want Him all in the structure and in this little box, God's going to break that box. God's going to come and change it because God doesn't do things in the same way over and over and over again. God is not every time doing the same way. Why? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And John 3 says, as the wind blows, we don't know where it comes from and where it goes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know why God doesn't do it the same way every time? Because we, we people of habit, isn't it? Creatures of habit, we, wanna, we want our recipe. And he says that if God does it the same way, if I have to sing too slow, three fast ones, then we do this, then we have to bow down and we have our little formula, we're going to start worshiping a system instead of him. That's what's going to happen. God is not contained to a system. God's not found in the pattern in the system. And, and when we come, we're gonna, he says that he's a life-giving spirit. And we need to flow and work with the spirit. And if we worship the system, we fall back into religion. Religion is form without power. We just follow the structure. We follow this form. And Jesus said, no, no, no. When you follow a system, when you worship a system, when you follow that form, you fall back into law living. That's what happens. But we want the flow in the life of the Spirit. We are not under the law. Galatians 5 says, if we live by the Spirit, then also let us walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, he says, then you are not under the law. So following a pattern and a system makes that we law living, not in the freedom of the Spirit. And that's why God says, I'm, I'm going to break your box. I'm never going to just do it the same and same and same. You see, and, and one of the gifts actually that we struggle with, maybe you're okay with many gifts, healing, and you would like the gift of, of supernatural and flowing, but we sometimes struggle with speaking in tongues, isn't it? But if you understand the power and the speaking in tongues, you're going to desire it with everything that you've got. I gave that teaching. I'm not going to go into that where it says that God wants to marry you. When God appeared on the base of the mountain and Moses is there and he, he wants to connect and be one with the people, it says that, and they heard thunder and they saw or they saw thunder and lightning billows of smoke and voices like trumpets how do you how do you see thunder how yeah but it's a sound i see how do you see thunder we see lightning but it says they saw thunder they heard, so he knows the word here. They saw thunder, they heard voices like trumpets and billows of smoke. The word saw thunder. Thunder 
is the word in the dictionary. The concordance is kule. Kule means languages. Languages. What they saw was languages of glorified fire. That's what they saw. That's what it says. Go and read it. It says they saw, it's Exodus 19, 20, where God gives the commands and then he appears in his glory because God wants to seal the deal. He wants to break forth and be one with them. It says they saw, it's the same fire when Moses encountered the burning bush. Something burns, but it's not consumed. It just keep on burning. It's not stopping. That glorified fire. And it says they saw languages of glorified fire like flashing swords. And when you look at Acts 2 and the day of Pentecost, what happened? Tongues of fire appeared above them. And if you look at that fire, it says especially like flashing swords. Same tongues appearing in the Old Testament. But we've been taught avoid this gift. Avoid this one. And I'm going to tell you, whatever God wants to give you, you have never to avoid anything that God wants to give you. Whatever God wants to give you, don't avoid it. If God has got a gift for you and it's good, we shouldn't be focused on just one gift. There's many of them, but they're all good. Come on. So it says, let's, let's catch up some speed. A spiritual gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, is given to each of us. Why? For the common good. In other words, a spiritual gift has been given to each of us so that we can help each other. Help each other. And he continues a little bit further. If you go down and you read, he says, to one body with many members. It's given for the common good to help each other. We are one body with many members. All right? So if you're a Christian, God deposited something on the inside of you. Come on. What for? To be wowed by one another in church? No. To help for the common good. To help each other. We're a body. And this is the thing. God gave gifts. Why? Because your gift has got an assignment attached to it. Come on. I was made for this. This is what God made you. He gave you gifts. And to your gift, there's an assignment connected to that. I think maybe you guys should give some atmosphere or just background music or something. In the meanwhile, it gets quiet sometimes. You know, and the enemy will do whatever it takes to make sure that you never experience the gift of God. To make sure that you never understand or allow the gift to be stirred up on the inside of you. Because he says, stir up this gift. Stir up. The Protestant Reformation, or it happened in Europe because of a revelation that they received. A biblical truth that they discovered. And God says, hey, there's power, there's presence, there's gifts inside of you. Every single one of you that I want you to discover and that I want you to understand. It's not just for the pastors or the ministers or the coffee team. Amen. It's for everyone. Each and everyone. One of the definitions of spiritual gift is not just a divine enablement. It's a supernatural ability. That means you know that you're not doing it. It's not you doing the work. Amen. In other words, God has got a gift for you. And because we're a body, it works best when we all do it. When you take yourself to the shower, does the whole body go or just parts of it? I'm not like pss, pss, the quick wash, no? a proper shower. All right. 
Because with a body, it means that you're connected to somebody else's gift. You're not a lone ranger. You're connected to somebody else's gift. You're an ear. You're a hand. Some needs to be the navel. Hey, some needs to be... Okay. (laughs) I'm joking. You're the crown of His creation. The apple of His eye. But do you know that your hand doesn't work well if it's not connected to the arm? And the arm doesn't work well if it's not connected to the shoulder. And it connects to the body. And so he says, you have a gift and you are one body with many members, but you need to be connected to the body. Otherwise, you're not going to work very well. You're not going to function. We have to connect together so that we can do our unique parts. Why? To bring about His purpose. To build His kingdom. To to advance God's purposes. So that means that God has got something He needs all of us to do. God has got something He needs all of us to do. There's an assignment. You're on a mission. There's something that God calls you to do. And we cannot accomplish this mission without you discovering that what God has placed on the inside of you. There's something unique that God has placed on the inside of of each and every one of us. And you cannot be successful in this mission if you don't discover what God has given you. Who of you wants to really know that fullness? Wants to discover what God really gave me? It says, He gave gifts to men. God says that that He's the potter and we are the clay, isn't it? What does potters do? They form things. Come on. Hey, you know the word. They form stuff. They make stuff. And, and God says to Jeremiah, He says, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. And there you will find a work on the wheel, a work on the fill. And you will start seeing that if you go down and you see what He's doing, you will start understanding what I'm doing with you. For we are the clay and He's the potter. And then what He says in Jeremiah 1.5, He says, Hey, before I formed you in the womb, in the belly, I knew you. Come on. God knew you. He knows the assignment. He knows the gift. He knows the seed that He has placed inside of you. And He says, go, the potter, the big one, the main, the potter sends the prophet to the potter's house and says, go and just see what he does. Then you'll start understanding what I'm doing. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And all I did is I just blew that what I knew into what I had formed and you became what I said. That's what happened. He Adam became a living being. That's Acts 2. Joel prophesies, he says this, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour my spirit. Come on, that's the shadow. I will pour my spirit on what? This is what the prophet Joel spoke. I will pour my spirit. And what he does? Jesus says he blew on his disciples. And he said, receive the spirit. He blew into Adam. The breath of life, he became a living being. And he says, I blew my spirit, not just on Adam, not just on Jesus, not just on the 70, on all flesh, all flesh. And he says, now that you understand that I'm forming you, 
and that I'm the potter and that I knew you before you were even formed. I knew your content. I just blew that content into that container. He says, now that, that you are formed and that I filled you with my spirit, what is going to happen? You're going to, come on, formed to function. Now you're going to start functioning. You're going to start using the gifts for the assignment that I've given you. You have a purpose. Come on. I was made for this. That's what he says. I formed you to fill you with my very spirit and presence and being so that you can function. When did Adam function? Adam functioned not when he was formed. Adam functioned only when he was filled. He was formed and he didn't have dominion over until he was filled. Jesus says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, or Paul writes, he says that the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. That's what he does. He filled you. He's a life-giving spirit. He filled you so that you can have life. All right, so he began to reign, Adam. He had dominion over because we were in the journey of the kingdom. And you have dominion over when? Not when God formed you. You start to reign when you are filled. You only start to reign when you are filled with the promise. Come on. Romans 12 or 6 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I'm almost done. Having gifts that differ according to the grace. Gifts, charisma. Grace, charis. Charismatic. It means a grace gift upon your life. We're all charismatics. Some are charismaniacs, right? But we're all charismatics. There's a grace gift according to the grace of God given to you so that you can have a function. And if you say different gifts according to different graces, it means that here's different gifts and we need different scenarios and different things that we need to be exposed to different things that you can, can, can see and we have different scenarios needed so that it can operate, isn't it? Come on. We need that. We need you. That's why you're part of the body. We need you. You cannot just sit every week in your chair and go home. God calls you because there's a grace and a gift given to you. A gift of divine influence upon the heart. What does grace gift mean? It means this. When you're doing it, it's just easy. Because it's a grace that's been given to you. It's not an effort. Especially this morning, you made us work hard in the worship. <laughs> but it's a grace. That means it makes it easy for you to do. It makes it easy. Makes it easy for you to function. God didn't just make the color of your hair, the color of your eyes and your height and all these things. He created your innermost being. You see, you see things through the lens of your spiritual gift. That's how you see things. You see things in life through your spiritual gift. The guy with the, the gift of help is going to walk in here and is going to say, oh, there's a couple of chairs out of line. Let's just put them in place. Another guy with the gift of grace is going to walk in here and he says, oh, there's a guy who sits alone and you're going to go and sit with him. Two gifts, same place, different functions. That's what God gives. One place, one body, but different functions. And God did that. God did that. And He wants you 
to, to do that place. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. God's design in you reveals God's destiny. And if you know Jesus, if you want to summarize your entire life to one assignment, you want to know what I'm called for, it's this. Use the gift that God has given you. Come on, that's it. So simple. Use the gift God has given you. If you say, I want to glorify, I want to use my gift for God, that what I want to serve God with my gift. God has given to the variety of spiritual gifts and everything that is given to us. And here's your assignment. He says, what? Manage them well. Manage them well so that Christ's generosity can flow through you. Manage that what God has given to you. Come on, let's, let's just stand and close our eyes for a moment. I want us to flow into ministry before we just go home. Just close your eyes. Focus on what the Holy Spirit wants to do now. Maybe you've been at a place where you say, Lord, what's my purpose? What's destiny? Why going around the mountain again and again and again? Or maybe it's time for you to start walking out on that what God has given you. Because you're part of the body. We need you to function together. We need you to come and operate. Your assignment in life is to use the gift that God has given you. And it's not burdensome. That's what charisma means. The grace that's been given to you makes it easy for you to function. And my challenge or my call to action this morning is for you that you will step out and say, Lord, one, if you don't know what's your gift, we want to pray for you. To lay hands on you and to help you to discover the gift that God has given you. And the second, that God is not done with you. That there's purpose to your life. That God calls you to manage your gift. That God's generosity can flow through you. A gift is not for itself. What did he say? For the common good of the body. To help each other. To bless each other. So before I call people out to minister and to come and, and receive from the Lord, let's just do this. Let's repent from bad thinking about His gifts. Let's repent from, from having a judgmental way of seeing gifts or people operating in gifts. Because maybe that was not bad, but you didn't like the packaging. And it gave you a perception, an idea, and you rejected what God wants to do. He says, I don't want anything to do with that. But God comes and He says, I made you to carry gifts. I gave you the gift of eternal life. I gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And He filled you so that you can function. Therefore, I gave you spiritual gifts so that you can build the body. Lord, I thank you for, for today. Father, I thank you that your power is real. Father, I thank you that your gifts are wonderful, Father. Every single one of them. They're wonderful. And Father, I pray that, that we will open our hearts and our lives to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that today we'll say, come Lord, 
come Lord even if it's like the wind that blows and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes come and blow in our lives come and do your way come and do your way before we end off I want if you have a hunger to discover or receive more that spiritual gift I want you to come to the front that we can anoint you and lay hands on you we can minister afterwards as well for people that that need specific prayer but I want to do this that if you need specific ministry and prayer this morning for God to release and impart the gift something greater I want you to come this is about hunger this is about understanding and desiring what God wants to do in and through you I want to just give a moment to come to the front he said nothing to be afraid of it's just to come and say Lord I hunger you've given much I want it all I want it all the ministry team you guys can come and stand in front that we're just ready to minister but this is about having hunger and say Lord my assignment is to do that what is pleasing unto you my assignment is to to hit my target and do the gift that you've graced me with to be ready I mean I know this there's more of you wants that don't be afraid this is not about what kind of people think about me because God wants to empower you there's even some of you that go through hardships and the gift of faith is something that carries you God even wants to release that through you this morning the gift of faith to be able to carry on and to carry and endure in times of hardship. You can, you can move to the middle as well. You're standing there in the sides. You can just move a little bit closer to the middle because we're a family and we love you. If there's anyone else who hungers, come on. I want to invite you to come. And we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to anoint you because it's not us doing it. It's a gift of God, a gift of grace. And He releases that. Amen. I want to honor you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for you that are here and that you just keep on focusing on the Lord and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And as we're going to lay hands, you're going to maybe feel something. Maybe some of you are going to feel warmth. You're going to feel the, the electricity of God, the power of God going through you. Maybe a shaking. And remember, don't be skeptic. Don't throw out what God wants to do. Allow Him to come and touch you do that what he wants to do thank you father we're just going to pray and then we're going to minister and as we do that just keep in the spirit or otherwise if you need to go we want to bless you to go and fellowship and just enjoy this week pray for us as we're going to to the united kingdom to thank minister you there for listening to this week's podcast if you would like to know more about who we are and what we do go visit lwpe.co.za you are formed to function so let's build